Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Keep your hands off, Azokin. Welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are in week, what week is it, Kate? It is week 62. And as uh, we, you know, Allison was on assignment on, on Wednesday, so she didn't get to hear this. Allison, we are officially on episode 201 of Streaming in Place. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I love you both. But not that much. <laughs> no, that much. That yeah. much. But you know, I'm not I'm just I feel like 201 episodes perhaps says something about our collective mental health in these troubled times. <laughs> in this current climate. Yeah. In this yes. climate? In um. this economy. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I had not updated the thing recently enough. So I went back to the last post I did for Streaming Place where I mentioned what week it was, was Over mm-hmm. the Garden Wall. So I had to go back to that one, find that one, and then oh, count. Count. Ugh. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's 62. Oops. So, yeah. Well, we've just stu- felt like we've been stuck in week 59 for a while. That's just how, ta- that's fine. It's okay. By what the time, is time you get to week, exactly. By the time you get to week 59, what is time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but what we're, what is still good and what is still consistent is that we are still talking about keep your hands off Azokin, but we're talking about the last two episodes. We're talking about each other's existence, which is not in fact going to become a therapy session for the four of us because Marcus is here in the chat as well as we discuss the existential dread that we all feel continuously now. Um, but we're also talking about the finale which I did not write the title for, um, but it's the Shibahama UFO Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to dig into both of these with the, all of you, and I hope you are too. So yeah, let's just kind of get started. I don't have fun names for Kate and Allison this week. Um, I'm quite tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess someone can volunteer to be Thug Bellina. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can be I can be thumbly. I wanted to know though if Allison had any thoughts about the last two episodes, previous two yeah. episodes. Oh, they were great. Um, but I feel like I'm gonna end up in the weeds not knowing which episode was which if mm-hmm. I'm not careful. I uh I too have witnessed the death of a liquor store. Um I loved that we got some Kanamori backstory. Um yeah, they were great. What I mean, they were great. I I'm very in my feelings about the end of this one. So it's I'm gonna just keep saying like it was really great. It was great. Creativity is great. Collaboration is great. Um, <laughs> being going for the more nuanced idea is great. So, yes, they were good. <laughs> also, I feel like I should get a call dish. Here okay, this is my window. I feel like I should get a call dish because I think what I said, and it was for a different episode, but it, but it still stands, was that the robot anime was going to be a huge success and they weren't going to get a dime from it, which obviously that's not exactly. They got 19,000 yen, which they didn't get to keep any of. Right. <laughs> so I feel like that, I feel like I get a call dish. I think that's fair, but I also just appreciate how Kanamori is always really focused on that down to, by the way, here's the bill for the doors and windows that the security club just broke. <laughs> just ready. She's so ready. Like yeah. A great production manager. Just also, right in there. Um, 19,000 yen is $174.66. Yeah. So I feel like that's close enough to not getting anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's before expenses. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we had each other's existence, which is the penultimate. So what did you all think about this episode? Okay. I was relating so hard. And maybe I, and again, I watched these like shortly after we recorded on Wednesday. So it, some of the, like, you know, I watched them back to back. So, oh, wait, no, it's not that. It's that I watched it like at three in the morning after my second vaccine shot when I woke up and couldn't fall asleep. So that's why they were blended in my mind. Um, so I might be wrong about which episode this is, but um, the uh, it, the relatability of, oops, they sent this backing, like the, the score two weeks ago and I just didn't realize it was in my email and now it changes everything and we're screwed. And I'm sorry for being behind my email guys. Um, you know, it me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tail end of this episode, very beginning of the finale is the botch with the licensed music, that the, the original music that they um, commissioned for the piece, which is the exact right runtime, had the right file name, but the artist was, I was just really inspired by the idea of a, a hot springs in space. This was not the concept. <laughs> <laughs> but... As Allison was saying, through collaboration, they come up with something much better. Much, much better. We don't need yub yub, yub num. <laughs> um, I, that was also the part that I was the most struck by. I had an it me moment myself. Um, just because when you're in, when a problem like that crops up at any point in a creative process, it's huge, right? But yeah. at the 11th hour, it's one of those make or break situations where that separates the, you know, I was about to say the infants from the adults, but infants would probably actually adjust better. So it, uh, <laughs> it makes the difference between um, projects that get finished and projects that don't. Um, and more importantly, projects where a huge wrench is thrown in the works that manage to adjust and pivot and projects that sort of cling stubbornly to what the original idea was, even when that idea is no longer possible, um, which sometimes that's the right thing. Sometimes sticking with your initial vision and your convictions is important, even if um, the product doesn't end up being what you wanted in the end. Uh, but when you're collaborating, you're also, I have always thought of it as sort of also collaborating with the universe. Um, and sometimes it just, you play the hand you're dealt. That was, see, that worked. That mm -hmm. it's cards and then mm -hmm. played the, that one was fine. Um, so I uh, very much related to that as well. And I was so proud of Saksa for finding a way to take this lesson that she learned in co in the coexistence episode about finding the places in her life that she can then just like she does with the scenery around her, reimagine and look at from a different perspective and find something in it. The fact that she's able to take that lesson and do it again, um, instead of looking at this friendship that's been so, I'm sorry, comradeship that's been so important to her, looking at Kanamori's dealings with the student council and the school board and all of these experiences they've had and finding a way um, to make this particular track work. I was very proud of her um, and was honestly pretty touched that the end project, the end product that they come up with, the really wonderful thing that they make that makes DVD players and computer monitors 
explode everywhere um, is something that is the result of problem solving, that it's directly because things went wrong and they worked together to find a new solution. It, I thought that was wonderful. And then you get the added bonus of a DVD extra that is the main draw of their whole project and their whole entity is that Mizusaki poured her heart and soul into this dance sequence. And now we can make it a DVD extra, um, which they don't up. I feel like they should have added, tacked on like an extra like 250 yen just for the extra to compensate for that. They probably would have gotten it, no problem. Um, so one of the things I do want to ask about is their little sojourn through the waterways and the road, the, the flooded road and everything, with um, Domeku trailing them and recording them, which isn't weird at all, uh, but never actually resurfaces either, which is also, I think, a really interesting thing about the nature of these collaborations. And so tell me a little bit about how you felt about this like kind of last exploration that we got of Shibahama and the tire swing to nowhere. The thing that would definitely kill you if you swung. <laughs> I love how they're all like, that thing is a death trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, but which wouldn't have stopped at least a couple of them from trying no. it out and they've been able to get over there. Um, I think it was really fitting for the, like the tone of these, of the show and this episode too. And I like that it's again, you know, there's, we had in the previous episode, this kind of discussion of the, what you discover when you let yourself ramble, when you let yourself wander and how necessary that is for the creative process. Like there's times when you need to be very focused and very like, you know, outline, boom, boom, boom. Right. And, but then Kanamori part of what makes her such a good producer and, uh, and stage manager and all of that. Is she also knows when to be like, <sighs> I guess we are walking through a bunch of flooded streets. Now this is what the creators need. Oh, um, and, and, the uh, previously that has you know they've there's been a, a clear line through line to how that inspires the art like it's like it was necessary because you know like it's justified by the creative process later um and i like that here yes there's some of that with the the kappa story that comes up but it's also just no there is benefit in this on its own even if it doesn't like directly you know inspire the you know house style <laughs> the rest of the plot um and it was uh yeah it was it was neat also just side note i can't be the only doctor who fan who was just thinking of the silurians this like percent <laughs> and i absolutely want a you know a, a dance sequence now i feel like we got some with jenny and um and uh manavastra but like i i want that to happen in my head so anyways uh, just not written by moffat but back to this. Yeah, I, I I thought it was, again, really neat. And because, you know, we talked about this last time, Noel, I, I was curious how they were going to pull everything together in only two episodes. And I love that they did that really successfully, in my opinion, while also having space for something like that. And because that's what's, you know, the more important aspect of the show, rather than detailing out every, like, plot thing that could happen and you know, they don't feel the need to complicate their narrative in the last two episodes with other, you know, additional meddling from stu uh, student council. Like, like the, uh, when Conor is like, yeah, oh no, I've, you know, I figured it out. It's fine. Hand wave. It's fine. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but you know, I'll go with I'm her. I'm three steps ahead of them. <laughs> I'll go with her because instead it means we get to see them wander and wander uh, through the city one more time. And I, that's, I think, a much better use of the show's time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, really captivated by those scenes because, and it's always felt this way a little bit. It felt like the the clearest um, depiction of this, uh, which I'm hopefully, I mean, who cares if I'm projecting it or not? It's uh, It's a thing that has spoken to me consistently throughout the series, but twice in these two episodes sort of rose to the surface here, uh, which is that for all of these incredible environments that they're inventing and then filling and adding texture to and making discoveries about, um, that's what the world is really like. You just have to open your eyes and look for it. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be UFOs and Kappas. It can just be the tire swing to nowhere or realizing that the river is actually a road or wondering how it is that such a place has come to exist. And that's true in our world as well um both because it's being alive is an incredibly textured curious thing that we all experience and often walk around with our blinders on um despite the fact that like marvelous things are happening everywhere um we it can be very easy to just sort of have your eyes directly in front of you and miss the amazing things that are happening around you but beyond that the power of the imagination to turn those things into still greater things, into things that are even more fantastical and wonderful in these flights of fancy and imagination. Um, it's so powerful and it can take the ordinary world and make it extraordinary because you've engaged that creative part of your mind. So that really wonderful final shot when we zoom out from the Azokan through the universe and we see the robot in the air and we see the car submarines and we see all of that stuff. To me, that's just a way of hammering home that what they're experiencing, yes, they're a great team and they have very specific gifts. All three of them have very specific gifts and those aren't things that everyone is gonna have. I can't draw to save my life. I don't understand movement that way. I am terrible with money. Like none of these are my strengths, but when you allow for the possibility of a world that's more magical than our own, either in a literal magic-y sense or just um, because there are endless possibilities, um, all of a sudden anything is possible, right? Even if it's only inside your own head. So I, that's a little monologue apparently about um, how beautiful I found that sequence. But yes, the wandering around in the waterways was maybe my favorite bit of, if not of the whole series, then certainly of these two episodes. Well, I think it's crucial that it's flooded. They can't keep following. They want to keep following and they can't safely. I was so glad that it didn't turn to, oh, we'll be able to swim under and pop back up. Where you know, I'm just glad it wasn't that because they have to content themselves with wondering because they, there's things you're not going to be able to find out uh, or, or, you know, you'd have to come back and re- return to it. But that's just how the world works sometimes. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a really neat tone i think to 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 pause that part of their afternoon at yeah and it feeds into this idea of this like you were both touched on what the episode touches on is that this focus on one's own condition and to a singular degree and not being able to see anything else which kind of ties back a little bit into what marcus suggests in the chat which is that the th- the song that gets ported to them uh, it feels like a bit of a leftovers rift. Um, like it was a very Max Richter, uh, like piano score, Marcus says. Excellent poll, by the way. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right, Marcus. And I think that that really kind of feeds in, like as a good tie-in to like the leftovers of like, once you get past your own condition 
and start seeing other people, you can draw those connections. And I think that that even comes through in how difficult that can be, whether it's with that flashback with Kanamori and Midori meeting for the first time in middle school. And the fact that they can't do the the team building exercises with <laughs> one another uh, because they don't work. <laughs> um, but also this idea of what is an exchange of friendship? Is it money? Is it working working alongside someone? Um, is it going on the monorail um, and being so excited about it um, for the first time because you wanted to do it with a friend for the first time? And all this kind of stuff that just kind of builds to the realization of, no, it's really sticky, isn't it? The whole idea is really sticky and there wouldn't be a dance party. There's just more work to do. There's still room for improvement, but yeah. that doesn't mean that it's not a total triumph. Great. <laughs> Can we talk about how much I love that sentiment and like it's just such like it's wheelhouse me like that's so much what I as a teacher who works as a musician and teacher who works with students and young students right that trying to and I don't you know something I keep have to keep always working on is conveying that energy at the end you know it's like there's still room for improvement, but it's an excitement. It's exciting that there's room for improvement. And it doesn't take away from the idea of the level of achievement and how terrific it is. And the fact that through this DVD, like everybody who experienced their short now looks out and they see the same world that our heroes do. And isn't that a beautiful, wonderful thing that they, you know, they are seen in their vision of the, the this like idea is, is shared by everyone. And there's still room for improvement. And that's a beautiful thing. Because um, like when you when you study anything, part of that journey, especially in the arts, I think, uh, but I'm sure there are plenty of people in, in non-arts related fields who feel this way. Part of the wonder of it and part of the excitement of it is the fact that you can keep finding more and keep, there's just, there's always more to explore with a piece. And if there's not, then you put it away, you come back to it later and if it's a good piece, there's more to, there's more to uncover. Either the piece changes as you learn more or your awareness of yourself changes. And that, un, like that, you, you, through working on something, you, you find out more about yourself and your perspective shifts over time. And it's such a beautiful concept. And it's not a, that wasn't good enough. There's always more. It was a, what else can we find? What are we going to do next? That's going to help us reach the next you know, discovery about ourselves or our art or our communication or whatever it is. Um, I just love it so much. <laughs> it's really just like, it's like, you know, hit the 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 serotonin button in my brain. It's Wheelhouse Kate. <laughs> um, it's Wheelhouse Allison too. I wonder, Kate, if maybe that is why, despite the big difference in our personalities, we get along so well because um, my very, when I was, I don't know if I've mentioned that I did theater for a while. Um, when what? I, this is brand new to me. When I was studying theater in college, my very favorite training method was um, the Suzuki method, not to be confused with the Suzuki method in Kate's world, um, uh, which is all about this physical discipline that the only, and the only yardstick you're being measured against is yourself, because it's about things that are impossible. It's about complete stillness. It's about complete silence. It's about complete fluidity, things that you cannot achieve. All you can do is get better at them and how well other people are doing at them doesn't matter at all 
because it's your instrument. And that was incredibly eye-opening to me as, you know, a 19, 20 year old nerdy art kid. Uh, and it's something that stuck with me a lot. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be defeatist. It doesn't have to be that was good, but we can do better in a negative way. It's just that you've reached the next rung. And once you've gotten to that rung, it's time to reach for the next one. It's a never ending ladder instead of a destination. Um, so yeah, I, it resonated with me a lot too. And I love that we've returned to that multiple times where it's great and they immediately start talking about what's next. And even with this sort of biggest final triumph for them, it's still just a stepping stone to whatever is next. Not to go all Aaron Sorkin, but it's very what's next. Yeah, and I think a lot of this feeds into Marcus's point that I kind of want to jump off of a little bit and do like a little bit of like explaining is that uh, Marcus says, um, Asakusa um, says that they aren't friends, but comrades, but they really are friends, even if they don't realize it. And this gets into like slippery language type stuff where the word nakama, which is the word that uh, they use for comrade, um, is sort of a way of explaining something that's really kind of a, like a strong bond, basically. So um, the best way of thinking about it is kind of like the three musketeers. Maybe they're friends, maybe they're not, but they have this reliability amongst the amongst them that they know they can count on. And I think that's what what the three of them have kind of come to realize is that they are comrades in the sense that they can rely on everyone, each other for whatever they need. Um, but friends is always like a little more slippery. There's a degrees to that. Whereas this is almost like a kind of a undying kind of bond that they now share because of what they've gone through. So it's a weird kind of situation of where I really feel like it's a stronger than friendship almost, but it's definitely not like romantic or those kinds of bonds. Does all of that kind of make sense? Because oh, yeah. I know that that can be a little slippery um, with translations and meaning because like Nakama used to mean something that was bigger and better than friendship in like some translations, but it's been slowly kind of scaled back a little bit to try to make it not seem as like something that was transcendent as opposed to just this really tight bond that maybe you can always turn to type of thing. I know that that's a weird kind of delineation, hair splitting. But... I don't think it's weird at all. Like, okay. I, I, no, it's a really distinct thing. And like friends can mean lots of things to diff lots of people. It's one yeah. of, like you say, it's a very slippery word. And I think one of the actually most challenging things at any age but certainly their age like you know middle school high school kind of age um is the, the difference in what that can mean to different people who think right. oh yeah we're all friends it's like yeah but like <laughs> we need more words <laughs> we need more words than just friend and comrade is like it, it is much more i think specific and therefore much more useful and meaningful in this context because would they just hang out for fun if they didn't have this shared interest? No, probably not. Uh, certainly if they didn't have anime or, or movement and art and creating something together to connect them, do I think they would all like, let's just go get a strawberry milk and go yeah. to the thing? No. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. something that I think takes a, um, takes a bit more maturity and experience to come to terms with. Like, yeah, it's okay that you haven't like, you know, you were really close friends or really close with this group of people 
at this particular time in your life because you had something that connected you all together. Um, and then that changed or that ended or something else. And then now you don't talk to them anymore anymore because you don't have that through line anymore, right? Different things have happened in your lives um, or you're, you know, went to a different college or went to a different job or whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean that if you weren't back to working with that person for some reason on whatever project that you wouldn't, again, immediately pick up where you left off and have a really powerful and strong connection. Um, and that's different than just being somebody that you want to hang out with and talk to. And, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's presented for me, it's presented very clearly as a positive thing. There also then can be barriers that people put up because the concept of calling someone you're being like, oh, they're my friend can be too personal and too scary. And so sometimes people will use terminology like, oh, they're my colleague or they're my coworker or they're my comrade or whatever, because that's like a protective thing. So that can have more like less distance. distinct, yeah. yeah, more distancing, less distinctly positive, you know, traits. But mm -hmm. I think here it's really presented as a, oh yeah, friends could mean a lot of things. We're comrades. We're in, <laughs> we're in this together, putting in 40 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours a week animating. We are more than friends. Um, and I, and I like the specificity of that. On the other hand, I think it's, they're also not mutually exclusive. Like, right. oh yeah. When, yeah. when um, they're taking that train ride to see Kanamori and Mizusaki says, Oh, you're not friends. So are we? And she says, and Asakusa says, Oh, we're comrades. They also smile at each other. And then we see them arrive there to see their comrade who is sick and they're joking around and they're having a good time. And so it doesn't mean that they can't be both of those things. Yeah. And if, film club ended tomorrow then sure maybe they wouldn't see each other so much anymore but maybe they still would sometimes maybe it would then develop into something else i have people that i've collaborated with who i've been in sort of a fellowship with mm -hmm. that i am still incredibly close to and i have others where i knew i know immediately if we picked up today as kate says it would be great. And that relationship would still be incredibly fruitful. It doesn't mean that I would then say, Hey, do you want to come over and watch a movie? Um, which is totally fine. I, I love that it's sort of embracing the subtleties in those relationships, but, mm -hmm. I, but I hope they stay friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're already working on their next project. So like, yeah, she just rolls in and just goes. <laughs> if they didn't have film club, they would be then do, okay, well, okay, if we're not going to do that, what are we going to do instead? And they would yeah. put their energies towards something else, you know? And uh, yeah, because they work, you know, it, it's such a, you know, it's something we are all podcasters. We have all put a ridiculous amount of time into uh, projects and relationships with people that are sometimes in completely different parts of the country or that you like don't get to see very much in person. And like that, that is a really powerful and connecting thing, you know, that it, it, it's, uh, yeah. What, what project, what's, what are we doing next? What's the next thing? Right. It, it's really, can be really fulfilling, can be really energizing. And, and, um, so I think we can all connect to, to how that feels and what that means. You know what? It's a quartet. It's, it's a Stephen King thing. Yes. No. And I think that's actually like a really good comparison for like the Stephen King thing is the quartet. I think is actually a really good through line to draw to that for another comparison. I think that's really accurate. And you're my content, guys. 
I don't, I don't know what that is, guys. Well, then, great. We're going to turn this into a book club. So join us <laughs> next week when we start reading the Dark, Dark Tower, Tower series. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. We'll blow through. The, we'll blow through the first one in no time, and then we'll just get bogged down in the fourth one. And who the hell knows when we'll finish? <laughs> Not me, because I never went past the fourth one. Um, Wizard and Glass Man. It's just brutal. It's just so much. And admittedly, the other four weren't even like happening at that point. Anyway, it's not a Stephen King podcast. Um, What else do we want to discuss? Like, how did you both feel about the actual short that they created? Like, compare, especially like in relation to the other two, but also just in general as a unified product. I liked it. It was good. I hated the music. But I feel like that's okay. But I feel like that's okay. I think they yeah. uh, they adjusted as well as could be expected, and they yeah. still made something really special. It's like you know, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be the sunny, optimistic, let's hold hands thing that it was initially. I think they arrived at a more interesting answer. Um, but it but it felt so um, montagey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a heavy degree of editing happening in that. That is very sort of it's probably more formalistic than either any of them really think it is um in terms of its approach and how it's conveying information um which is why one of the reasons i kind of find it slightly sloppy a little bit like in the middle um where i'm just like wait this should have been put in a different spot this isn't this isn't the right order for this but it feeds into that 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 degree of perspective um and point of view that is really ultimately like the really important thing aside from also being a terrific tour of the various places that they've been from the underground to that old mill that they went to that launched all the tanks um, to just their use of the bells and the bell sounds and the chimes and everything and how that connects to a sense of community, but also has been abandoned. Um, And I think the ways in which that all gets folded in speaks to the project that they were intending to do for this was, which was to help revitalize and promote the downtown initiative where I'm just like, did you, did you do that? I'm not sure you did. I think, (laughs) I think ramen guy's going to make sure you get paid and he probably really likes this, but I think other people from the chamber of commerce, maybe wait, what did we pay for? (laughs) But it it does, you know, I think this really benefits, you know, because I talked previously about like, rent syndrome where it's like your eyes is the worst song in the whole show but it's not even close um where they didn't hype it to the point where it needed to be like great art and and it it just it's their latest project and it shows the progression and how they approach what they're doing and it's certainly a step in their progression as as, uh, artists and everything and i actually really love the like i didn't see it coming for whatever reason i thought they were gonna like premiere like they had the other two so the fact that it was like for people to take and watch home, like it was a home video release, um, I think really benefited it and benefited the end of the show so that it wasn't about what does everybody else think? Yeah. It was about what do they think? And that was such a better and more interesting way to end the show on that note of them like watching it together. And and uh, I mean, and the Sakuza is like passed out, <laughs> right? And rabbit. Mm-hmm. but I, I just thought that was such a great 
way to, to do it. Cause I mean, so often, you know, and again, we're podcasters. You're so often you're speaking into a void. You don't know if anybody's listening. You might have some numbers, you might not. Um, and that's the, that's the position they're in here where they're like, they sold it, but they don't know how many people are, are actually going to watch it. And what the response will be beyond like a few people who actually like talk, talk about it online. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, Marcus says, I think the anime would also play better alone than in a theater, like the energy of it and the, like the pacing of it. This is a much like, this is suited to the video release it ends up having. Um, so I really like that as well. Allison's nodding everyone. Yeah. I agree. It's an <laughs> oral medium. Um, I, I agree. I also like, uh, Marcus's point that, uh, he thinks that the, that this particular anime, um, would play better alone than in a theater. Um, I think that, that that is absolutely right, that it's a sort of um, more interior experience than, than our giant robots. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure, especially because of all those point of view shots that they incorporate throughout. It is a much more interior type of production. Um, because everything's a performance and now we're really realizing that idea of focusing on conditions and everything. And I think that one of the things I like is that they don't spell that out. Like no one goes through and spells that out for anyone. You just kind of have to realize it through the movie of this is what we pulled together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Marcus, do you, Marcus, do you want to hop on and talk or do you all have any other final thoughts that you wanted to hit on to before we wrapped up? I'm just really glad you picked this one. This is the thing I would never have watched on my own. Um, which is another good reminder that just because there's a sort an area of culture you haven't ventured into doesn't mean you shouldn't. You should go out there and watch things that are outside your comfort zone and experience new things and see what resonates with you. Um, because this is, I mean, I would never have sought it out on my own. And I'm so glad I, that I got a chance to see it and to talk about it with both of you. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just put it in the chat there. I would have liked that after the anime, if it would have ended like Halt and Catch Fire with uh, Kanamori kicking the Donna roll. That just would have been a nice little touch to the end. But um, for overall, I enjoyed the series. I think it was definitely, I came in with no preconceived notion of what it was going to be. So I really liked that they got into like the uh, nitty gritty details of uh, the production of animation and how they made it very interesting and could do all like all the aspects of it together with like from uh, just animation to the sound design and everything. Uh, yeah i really enjoyed that yeah um have you have you figured out which of the three you are because that's like one the main thing to think about while finishing up the show <laughs> which of these three girls are you <laughs> i'm probably most kanamori sure. um i'm not the creative person i'm i think i'm much more the manager mm-hmm. person um but i don't have very much creative background it's like I made a short film with friends in high school once. That's mm-hmm. like the grand extent of my uh, creative process. And that I was in a much more uh, production 
uh, cameraman role. So, did you have any episodes that stood out to you? Um, my two favorite episodes were, uh, I believe, it was episode four when they first presented the anime, mm-hmm. the, the very first one, and then episode ten. Episode ten simply because it has my very favorite sequence, which is the whole uh, what is sound hunting sequence and how all the how it all came together and like that i think the whole series had really great sound design and it was at its best in episode 10 so okay yeah no i think i think those are good choices um yeah Yeah. thank you um there there was one my one issue i found with Mm -hmm. the series and it was kind of throughout was I just didn't care about the student council as antagonists. It's just the forces against them I thought were much more interesting when it wasn't. Um, student council somehow breaking down doors and windows and with the security club. Yeah. Security club has tasers now. <laughs> yeah, that seems it was a little too over the top in an otherwise grounded uh, narrative. Just par for the course, man. Those overly powerful student councils, just par for the course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just had such a blast with this show, and I'm very glad that we had this opportunity. This venue to talk about it, where we could do just like two episodes and really dive in um, versus doing like a like a DVD shelf or something over on Televerse and like kind of chart, like have some space between and, and, and think about it and talk about it. So yeah, like Allison, I'm really uh, appreciative, Noel, that you that you went with this one and you're like, yeah, let's watch it. Cause, cause yeah, it's a lovely, lovely show. Yeah. It's so good. It was my best show. One of my best shows from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, just look at it. It's so good. It would have uh, been on my best of list too. I wish I'd seen it. I mean, yeah. I'm really glad I saw it now, but if I'd seen it in 2020, it would absolutely have been on my end of year list. Yeah. Which is good because I think only like over at TV Club, Eric Thurm had it on his list. Yeah, and it was just, just it like was, I it think was, it was like his number one. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I think it was as well. Um, yeah, um, and I was like really surprised when it showed up on the New York Times' uh, best of TV list last year as well because it was like, wait, how? And then it was just like because it was on HBO Max and people checked it out because it was on HBO Max, um, and that's why. And that's a good enough reason. But yeah, access and everything. And knowing where to look for this is also really tricky. Because um, if you're not an anime fan, you don't know to go to Crunchyroll or Funimation to watch TV. Um, but you know to go to HBO Max to watch TV. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, any final thoughts? Um, I know you've both just kind of given final thoughts, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just well, so zonked. No, I want to know yes. if you have any final thoughts on oh. the show. <laughs> I think rewatching it has just been a really great experience. Um, and my big kind of takeaway was your point, Kate, was being able to like really kind of take your time and discuss it. Um, because I was thinking about that um, this weekend and going like, yeah, I don't, I'm glad we did it exactly like this to your point, because I think doing it as like a DVD shelf would have just not been as good. Um, because there's so much to kind of dig into, even if it also feels a little bit the same every time but i think that you keep finding nuances by what they do each week of because they're refining their craft and skill and their relationship you get to find nuances through that discussion your discussion keeps getting refined of what the show is doing and i think oh i found that really really 
great to discuss that with the two of you and Marcus each week. So thank you all three for watching this very weird, unexpected, you knew nothing about it type of show. Um, and coming away with I hope something that you all really liked, which is was really my intention. I probably would be crying if none of you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I feel like I also picked just the safest possible show <laughs> in terms of, I knew this, I had a really good feeling that this would be a crowd pleaser. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is you never know. And so it's always validating when, you know, when you revisit something and you're like, yeah, okay. I'm, it wasn't. It's still you know, good. So. It's I still wasn't, really good. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't pandemic goggles. It's still really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's maybe where we go. Uh, you know, it's been su- such a great experience watching this show but i think maybe that's where we pivot to letting listeners know that noel will be stepping away from the podcast after after this episode um and uh, allison and i will be returning to lucifer for the last uh part b of season five and then after that you know we're gonna we're still kind of figuring out how we're gonna pace that out um what with you know i have now literally under a month before my due date. So we're going to see how that goes uh, as far as timing. But uh, Nola, it has been absolutely wonderful uh, doing this podcast with you over the past 201 episodes. I and, wish I didn't uh, need this hour back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always welcome to pop in, um, you know, for the next like two, three weeks as we yeah. finish up. If you, if you are available, we would love to have you stop by. But um Two things. First of all, uh, Marcus says, I had to answer, which girl are you? So the three of us need to as well. And yeah, fair. that's fair. That's fair. That's super fair. Um, and then any final thoughts you have on like this past year of podcasting? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm also probably Kanamori. Like I'm not creative enough or like able to execute ideas well enough. I'm very, I'm a very good sounding board. So you tell me what you want to do and I can help you figure it out. Um, but, um, actually making something, no, I don't even have the patience for that. Um, but I am very good at helping you figure something out. So yeah, I'm definitely Kanamori, but don't ask me to figure out the math for the money that don't ask me to do that. Get someone else to do that part. What about the two of you? Uh, I'm Asakusa. It's I, at first I was like, I don't know, who knows? I, I like I have little bits of all three of them. Um, and then in the last four episodes in particular, I was like, oh, she's got 97 ideas at once and she can't finish one of them. This is a read. I'm <laughs> <laughs> this is a read. Uh, wow. The library is really open. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm Asakusa. I uh, still still to this day feel like maybe I should have learned that lesson in high school. Haven't learned it yet. um i would say i am a blend of kanamori and then maybe dimeki and like definitely the isolationist tendencies of of dimeki um and uh but but also um you know elements of the other creatives i am not the well i i have so many half completed music projects like not performance but like you know, I have a stack of music, literally this, I can't even gesture big enough tall that I am in the process of refingering and scanning and all like, like, so yeah. Uh, Kanamori and Demeki with some, a little bit of the other two thrown in as well is what I would say for me. Okay. Not good enough with money to just be Kanamori. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm good with money, but I can't like do the math of like cost and loss mm. and all that. Projections. I, no. and Projections. No, absolutely not. The creative project of my 
you know, previous life that I was the most satisfied with, um, only succeeded because we had a Kanamori and she doesn't listen to this podcast, but if someday, if Ruth McCormick ever listens to this podcast, uh, she should know that I recognize a good Kanamori when I see one. And she turned to me in the middle of a set build when I said, oh my God, these aren't at all what I imagined because our scenic designer was a mess and gave me bad sketches, whatever. It was also, it was that email. It was that two weeks mm -hmm. ago email. It was my fault. Ultimately, she turned to me very calmly and said, okay, we can change it, but we've already started cutting the, cut, uh, but we've already started cutting the wood. So you have to decide right now. And I went, oh, she was like, we can absolutely change it. But if we're going to change it, you have to decide right now. So what questions do you need answered to make that decision? I was like, I don't know. I think I don't need five minutes. And she let me go wander around for five minutes. And then that was it. It was great. I will never forget that moment for as long <laughs> as I live because the world, the great art of the world only exists because people like Kanamori exist. So cheers to you both. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, and you asked me a question, didn't you? Yes. Any yeah. any other, you know, fun reflections on our, our year oh. plus of, of podcasting <laughs> through a very strange time? I mean, as we kind of kept saying for like the first month of, you all are keeping me sane. Um, <laughs> still really applies. Um, doing this every week um, has just been huge and really great for my mental health, um, and physical well-being and daily structure. So that was really helpful and really great. And like I said, I really wish I didn't have to give up this hour for work and meetings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to, <laughs> uh, cause I have too many meetings because I work on the West coast and I can't get any work done until everyone on the East Eastern and central time zones go off work even though i'm up at 6 30 in the morning now um because of meetings gross yeah it's not great um but it is what it is um so yeah no so it's just been really great and i've really enjoyed all the shows that we've watched together and i've really enjoyed introducing allison to avatar <laughs> it's very good uh to that end noel i uh it the end of this one snuck up on me. So I've been mm -hmm. making you a year of streaming in place gift to go <gasps> along with the um, Kate year of streaming in place plus about to have a baby gift. And now I feel like I just have to show you even though it's not done just specifically because you said that. So hold on, talk amongst okay. yourselves. It's going to take six seconds. Okay. Very exciting. Yeah. It's been really fun to revisit these shows and, um, and in this case, discover a new one and uh, see like what holds up avatar and what doesn't grab well, a lot of gravity falls um <laughs> but not all but you know yeah uh it, it's been really interesting to just take shows uh, in such different genres and such different time periods even uh decade wise and, and art style and just, you know format to and just really explore them and shoot the shit and have some structure <laughs> yeah Plus that one time where I guess the couple times we talked about Murder, She Wrote. Amazing. Yeah. Also is. really good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So everything's great. Um, this is only half of it. It's, okay. it's going to be bigger than I expected, which is part of why it's taking longer than I expected. But this is the first half plus the little bottom. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. And that's what it's going to say on the other side. So uh, listeners. Down here. Yeah. Uh, Allison is in the process of cross-stitching. Cross-stitching or embroidering? Cross-stitching. Cross-stitching, uh, something for Noel that says, my, my first girlfriend turned into the moon. And and then she's working on the the art that goes with it. Uh, the lettering looks fabulous. It does. Um, it looks really, really good. Yeah. It's a little, yes. it's 
there's a little Sokka next to my first girlfriend turning into the mood. And then there's a little um, Zuko next to that's rough, buddy. <laughs> it's rough, buddy. That's rough, it's just buddy. so rough. It really is rough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just had the best time doing both, doing this with both of you. And I'm excited that we're going to finish out with Lucifer Kate, but we obviously will miss you, Noel. Yeah. And I'm well, still going to just text you Lucifer things. Yes, please do. Like, when does that, does that drop on this week? Well, or? and we should say, we're yeah. not going to have the, we're not going to do the podcast on Wednesday. We're going to do the podcast this week on Friday because that's when the season drops. So okay. we will do the first episode of season 5B on Friday at our okay. normal time. And then we'll, next week we'll, you know, we'll announce our schedule after that. So the schedule's yeah, the TBD, plan. but episode the, the one schedule's on TBD. Friday. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that'll be fun. Yes. Expect too many texts and, and no, please feel free to stop CCing. Like I, I work or sleeping, you know, let us know. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I don't think that the sleeping thing will be an issue um, unless you all text me at four in the morning. Please don't text me. It's four. In the morning. <laughs> I have to remember you're two hours earlier than me. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's only Anyways. happened twice. So you're fine. It's really okay. <laughs> Yeah, listeners, I, I am that I am that friend sometimes. Sorry. I, oh, I it's so, everybody else keeps their phone on silent. Uh, Marcus says it drops at midnight Friday, so 1 a.m. text, right? Clearly, of course. yeah. And I do keep my phone on silent. You're just allowed to break through the do not disturb thing. Well, aren't I so special? Don't you regret that choice? <laughs> You're my comrade. <laughs> and on the note of comradeship, we should, we should wrap up the podcast mm-hmm. for today. Uh, so thank you, Marcus, for joining us and sharing your thoughts and, and hopping on the mic. And thank you, Noel, for the past 201 episodes. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Allison and I will be back on Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.